0: You don't know my
1: something today that we don't do a whole lot which is discuss an Eagles loss. Um, It was just Friday the 13th and we just played the Jets for the 13th time in our team's history and we lose our first game after winning the first 12. A lot to get into today, a lot to dissect, a lot to probably complain about. But first, of course, I'm Andrew. I'm joined by Alex and Ali, the A team, baby. We're winging it. We're here. It's Monday. We're trying to shoot some life into us. Uh, happy birthday, Bryce Harper! Hopefully, the Phillies give us something mm. to celebrate later. Uh, as always, please give us a listen. Give us a view on YouTube. You know, Spotify, Apple, all that fun stuff. Check us out. Like our stuff. We love you, guys. Let's get into it. Um, I know that we've had a we've had a. We've had, you know, a night to kind of sleep on it and I don't know, maybe be a little less reactive than maybe we were willing to feel yesterday. Ali, I'm going to start with you first, I guess, compared to after the game yesterday to now, where are you at mentally?
2: A little bit better. No one goes undefeated. We were bound to lose at some point in this season, and actually when I think about it, in our season prediction uh, wins-loss, I think I predicted the Jets were going to be our first loss. Now granted, I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the quarterback. I didn't think Zach Wilson was was going to end up beating us, but no one goes undefeated. We Coming into the season, we had the toughest strength of schedule out of any other team in the NFL. It was bound to happen at some point. And frankly, we were 5-0. And I don't know of anyone except Vince in our group chat who was thinking that this 5-0 was a good 5-0. and We were all complaining. Everything just seemed off. Something about our offense just seemed lethargic and it was off. And frankly... I, I'd rather something like this happen at the beginning of the season versus later in the season. How about you, Alex? Sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I was pretty down in the dumps like right after uh, we lost. I mean, I when Jalen threw that interception, I even turned to my wife. I'm like, this isn't actually real. Like, I can't even begin to fathom that this actually happened. I didn't even yell. I didn't even have a reaction. I'm like, I I, I literally can't believe it. I kind of share the same sentiment with you, Ali. Is like the the sky is not falling, um, and I think everyone's being kind of level headed about it. It's embarrassing. Come on, it's it's Zach Wilson and the and the Jets. Um, but like you said, man, th- their team wasn't wasn't bad this year. They're not the Jets of the Jets past. They have a lot of really good weapons on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I still think we have a very good chance of clinching the NFC. Um, And we're also learning early on that there are no football teams that are some elite tier that the Eagles can't contend with.
1: Guys, seriously, how hilarious is it that yesterday the two teams that took down the two remaining undefeated teams were the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets, arguably uh, the two saddest franchises. In the NFL's history, and they're the it's ones not, that, that caused damage
2: yesterday. <laughs> Andrew, it's the Cleveland Browns beating the 49ers was not something out of left yeah. field. As soon as I found out P.J. Walker, our dear Temple alum, was going oh, to be at the up, helm, buddy. I knew this was going to be an easy W by the Cleveland Browns. Easy. We made an entire reel totally
0: clowning you. The entire purpose of that reel was just to clown you at the end of it we all have these great picks we're talking football there's justification and then like the music comes to you what do you what do you mean the browns but 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 <laughs> but to to reiterate right like pj walker beat up on the 49ers i don't think their fan base doesn't think they're in like super bowl contention anymore um the giants should have beat the bills the bills have had some really lackluster performances and don't forget this new york jets team almost gave it to the kansas city chiefs with that being said i it sucks It's embarrassing, especially the historical implications of us never losing to the Jets ever. The sky's not falling, guys. Andrew, what do you say? Two up, two down? Yes, sir. Alex and Andrews, two up,
1: two down. All right. I'll kick us off this week. Going to give you my, my two ups here. My two ups... So the first one's going to be just that first drive of the game. And then my second up is going to be T for Temple U University. So let me start with the first drive. It felt like we picked up right where we left off last week against the Rams. The second half against the Rams last week, we had like three or four long, sustainable drives. We took time off the clock. We didn't score touchdowns in those drives, but hey, we actually scored a touchdown at the end of this 19-play first drive that we started the game off yesterday. We marched down the field. We convert third downs. Devontae Smith is catching the ball. Everything seems like it's going to be great. Yeah. And then it was pretty much downhill from there. My second up, so P.J. Walker, like we said, took down the other undefeated team in the San Francisco 49ers. I'm also going to give props to the boy, Hassan Reddick. My man had two and a half sacks yesterday. Yeah he had two sacks last week and he, or yeah two sacks last week and a sack the week before so that puts him at five and a half which he's gotten in the past no that's wrong Matt no that's five and a half okay we're doing quick maths here he's got five and a half on the season after not recording a sack the first three weeks so he is making up for lost time Temple University brought it yesterday and I'm proud go owls Ali I know you got love for the temple owls too my man
2: yeah man, uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. PJ Walker is the greatest quarterback who ever existed. <laughs> all and that's right, why okay, I picked all the right, cle- <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> you know, I the first drive, I'll agree with you that it was an up because it resulted in points, and I'm sure we're going to get into this in the downs, but and 7 12, points. Yeah, 7 points, but 12 out of those 19 plays were pass plays against the 29th ranked defense. So you know, a broken clock is rush right twice defense. a day, tw- 29th ranked rush, tw- tw- 29th ranked rush defense. Yeah. A broken clock is right twice a day. Like, I, you know, you caught them off, <laughs> off balance. They've got two backup cornerbacks playing in there. You surprise them and you were able to score on them a couple of drives. But as we quickly found out towards the, the latter portion of this game, that that formula was not the recipe for success.
1: And to that point, before you get started on your ups here, Alex, uh, What's interesting about that is that usually the first drive of the game is, is like scripted, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of pre-thought out. So they went into this game knowing that they were facing a very suspect run defense. And I understand that sauce Gardner was out and another starter was out for the Jets. So I understand, yeah, we can pass on them, but to, to, again, to, to lean that heavy on the pass, like as your mindset going into the game, very, 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 uh, peculiar. So Alex, what do you got for your ups?
0: Yeah, so the first one is a gentleman named Arthur Juan Brown Sr., or we know him as A.J. Brown. (laughs) This guy is a freak athlete. Um, His stat line, again, was absolutely ridiculous. 131 yards. He's averaging 16 yards a catch on the season and 112 a game. And that is only against six games. And one of those games, he had 29 yards against the Minnesota Vikings. And he's walking up and down the sideline. There's a little bit of drama that breaks out. That is an incredible stat line. 112 yards a game on average. I actually was hedging really heavy and say he was going to have under 79, which is where FanDuel had him at. I was basically lost all of my parlays. Even
1: after the defensive injury news, you still still went with his under.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I just I, if you if you're looking at his 2022 and 2023 stats, I mean it. It's a really bad idea that I that I should have uh, that I should have done that. Uh, but he, he's on pace to have a 2,000 yard season. I mean, it's just it's it's wild. Alex, the um, last four
1: weeks. So the last four weeks he's gone. So he went 131 yesterday, 127 the week before, 175, 175, and 131. So four straight weeks of uh 125 or more, which I believe is, no, I don't believe it is the longest active streak uh, in the NFL.
0: Yeah. And, and, I mean, even that, that catch on the sideline, I mean, just the the patience and pinning that ball on his shoulder while he was rolling, while keeping his hot pink cleats in bounds, <laughs> Um, the, 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 the catch that he made while Jalen was draped in defenders uh, to get through there. I mean, Regardless of how we feel about Hurts, this chemistry that they have and and Arthur Juan Brown Sr.'s awareness is just absolutely wild. I did not know that was his full name, so I just want to make sure I get that out into the ether as much as possible. Um, my second up is going to be the defense. And the reason the defense is going to be an up is it was a hurt defense. We didn't have arguably the best uh, rusher in the league. Uh, in Jalen Carter, and we didn't have the best corner in the league in in uh, Darius. I'm sorry, Darius Slay in there, and they did what they needed to do. I actually predicted before the episode that the Jets wouldn't score a touchdown. The only reason they scored a touchdown is because we let them score a touchdown because it's an inexperienced team. That inexperience is going to manifest itself into my downs. So it's a little bit of a foreshadowing there. Um, I really think Sean Desai is really proving himself in the league. I don't think he has elite personnel. Us on this podcast, we're saying last year with Jonathan Gannon, is it coaching or is it personnel? You cannot say it's personnel this year. I think the coaching has been really good on the defensive side of the ball. Regardless of how you feel, zero touchdowns besides a walk-in. I'm really happy with what I saw with their defense yesterday.
1: Alex, I'll let you – I'm sorry, Ali. I'll let you uh, start, but I I disagree. I disagree with it not being about personnel. Ali, go
2: on. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that slant to AJ Brown is one of the most unstoppable plays I've ever seen as a fan watching football. You can't there's no answer for it. Now, he's such a big body and his hands are so strong that it's almost an automatic every time he catches the football. Um, as far as the defense, you know, I, I don't think there was anything that I could have complained about other than jalen carter being out and slay being out joe is awful he's so bad he's a liability it's like i don't know why he is still on the team frankly uh i'd rather us try to find other talent or, or at least i don't know bring up one of the practice squad guys and see how they do because frankly it seems like every time he's on the field opposing offenses target him because they know it's an easy catch that is my one complaint about our entire defense is Josh Jobe. Um, outside of those those injuries, I, I don't have any complaints about it. You know, like you said, Alex, they didn't score a single touchdown. Um, the only, even if they didn't let them score that last touchdown, um, the reason why they were in that position is because Jalen Hurts made an awful, awful pass. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I agree. I agree. Defense was was rocking on all cylinders in spite of everything. What do you think I wish Andrew?
1: It, Yeah, I wish it was as simple as just being able to replace Josh Job with somebody from the practice squad. Like the reason that Josh Job isn't on the practice squad is because he proved himself to be better than those players. A uh, cornerback is not an easy an easy position to replace especially if you're a younger corner going against experienced receivers, you're going to get eaten alive. Uh, that's why it's super impressive when we see these guys, like who's a Devin Witherspoon. Um, I think he was a top five draft pick who I, right now is probably the runner up for defensive rookie of the year behind Jalen Carter, but it, it's a very difficult adjustment and a lot of, yeah, you have to throw to wherever Job is because otherwise you're throwing towards Slay or Bradbury. So it's just proper strategy by the other team. Uh, Alex, your point about, um, personnel the fact that our like we we still get after the quarterback we have a lot of mm-hmm. we, we're still up there in terms of league you know team leaders and in, in, in sacks
0: five um, sacks yesterday five we're,
1: yeah you know we're getting after the quarterback um and it's hard to give Desai credit or as much credit I guess because we still have gotten thrown on by mediocre or or worse quarterbacks I I feel like quarterbacks have still kind of had their way against us this year and the only reason that we've really been able to prevent quarterbacks from from really killing us is because we have such a ferocious front so like everything on our defense really revolves around that that pass rush that front and we are very we're stacked there which makes everyone else's lives easier um So I I don't know. I'm still I still need to see more out of Desai and and obviously out of Brian Johnson. So why don't you hit us with uh, some? Yeah, I mean
0: Zach Wilson's line is 19 for 33. It's 57 percent. Five sacks to throw for 186 yards. I I in no way say that Zach Wilson had his way with us. I would say that it came down to Jalen Hurts throwing four interceptions and, and turnovers. Ali, you wanted to interject.
2: And Alex, when you brought up the Chiefs against the Jets a few weeks ago, his line was twenty-eight mm-hmm. for thirty-nine, two forty-five, and two touchdowns. Wow.
0: Yeah. See, that is a more that is more in in my opinion, like what what it means to have a quarterback goes right. That's pretty interesting. Um, I do want to keep this episode concise. Let's get into our down. So the first one I have is I don't have the numbers in front of me. I couldn't actually find this, but but when Lane Johnson is out. The story is really bad for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, when your backup is Jack Driscoll, I think we have too much um, confidence that Lane's going to be healthy because he really doesn't go down with injuries all that often. I don't know if we need to put Tyler Steen in there, um, but I think I think Jack Driscoll gave up more pressures in half a game than Lane Johnson has like for the last like two seasons or something ridiculous like that. Um, I'm I th- there is a huge issue with one player on our offensive line. Mind you, he's a very good player, Pro Bowl, Hall of Famer. We know who Lane Johnson is, but for it to be just that much of a swing is very concerning. I'm worried about what the future looks like because you know these injuries are going to start adding up. We Lane's going to miss weeks, so like this, this is very, very, very concerning to me. And then the second thing, and I know we all want to. You know, attack Brian Johnson. I would be the first person in line of the Brian Johnson not fan club. Um, but I just think coaching self awareness as a whole is a huge issue. I know Brian Johnson calls the calls the plays, but there's no way that in a two minute offense, uh, he's that Nick Sirianni or or any other personnel is just has like no voice in his head. That's like a, a ridiculous statement. So we're up. It's first and 10 at the 45-yard line, and we rush the ball to Kenneth Gainwell for a one-yard gain. The next play, DeAndre Swift rush to the left for no gain, and then we come up on the two-minute warning. I believe at this point, the Jets have no timeouts left, so instead of running the ball, getting it under probably 130 Hunting the ball deep and giving it to the quarterback who has only completed 57% of his passes and is thrown for 186 yards. We decide to throw the ball again and it results in an interception. Then after we let them score, we get the ball back again. We got ourselves out of jail and we still couldn't, we still couldn't um, capitalize on both opportunities that were given to us. Why is Kenneth Gainwell well there on, on, on a last minute drive when we need to get the ball up the field? Why are we not pinning them deep and putting the ball in an inexperienced team to try to go down and win the game when they haven't scored a touchdown all game? And they had no it, timeouts. It, and they had no, so they did have no timeouts, right? That absolutely baffles me. Hindsight's always 20-20. He, can, he converts the first down. We're sitting here celebrating, saying we're 6-0 today. But But it, 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 that is not like just a bad play calling thing. That is like self-awareness. When did we become the team that can't put away teams? It is inexperience going a, up against a defense that has done okay. We should have ran the clock out. We should have punted the ball. We should have had him down there. And we still had a had a gift in that touchdown that they were too dumb and inexperienced and they didn't fall down and they scored. So I'm going to stop because I want to make room for you guys. But the, the, the self-awareness, lack of self-awareness is just totally baffling to me.
2: Alex, what you described was how the game ended. I want to disagree on how the game started, right? So 19 plays, 12 of them passes. Next drive, seven plays, seven passes, results in an interception. Next drive, six plays, four passes. Next drive, three plays, two passes. The last one was a fumble. Those were our first half drives. So coming into this game with that game plan does not make sense, right? And this is, you know, we call it on Brian Johnson. Obviously, Nick Sirianni was well aware of what the game plan going into this game was going to be. And the fact that we continued in that fashion just is, is mind-boggling. It's confusing. Every sports media personality that I listened to coming into this week, every beat writer, every single person who has a voice that understands football knew that the Eagles were going to run all over the New York Jets, and we came in passing. And there's a reason why we were put in that position at the end of the game. It's because we hadn't established the run. They were selling out for the pass, and the Eagles were in a position where they had to pass. And again, Mm -hmm. we threw that interception. We could talk about the interception until until the end of the day, but this game plan was just so mind-boggling considering what was in front of us.
1: Yeah. Uh, quick point, Alex, we were talking about Lane Johnson before their records. The Eagles record with Lane Johnson in the lineup is 84, 48 and one. So that's basically two wins for every loss. And their record without Lane Johnson is 13 and 22. So wow. having Lane Johnson in the lineup makes Thank a monstrous difference. Um, my two downs. The first is, is is turnovers. I mean, that's a simple one. We lost the turnover battle four to nothing. And then I'm going to just kind of piggyback off of some of the play calling that we've talked about. Um, The turnovers, I don't need to elaborate on too much. We saw the interceptions. I don't want to relive them. We also saw the DeAndre Swift fumble, which was his first lost fumble of the year. All right, slap on the wrist. Let's let's clean it up. This game felt a lot like the Commanders game last year. It was a game that nobody wanted to win. It was a game that you're trying. It's like. And even though you're trying your best to give the game away to the other team, you still somehow find yourself with an opportunity to win the game at the end. And they still came up short. So the fact that we had a minute and 45 left and we were down by, even though the Jets converted the two point conversion, we, a a touchdown and an extra point wins us the game. So we were playing with house money at that point and we didn't take advantage. Like you said, Alex, the, The play calling, Jalen Hurts threw the ball 45 times, and Zach Wilson threw the ball 33 times. If you're the Jets, you're playing from behind the entire game. So yeah, throw the ball, especially when the Eagles don't have Darius Slay. But now, when you're the Eagles, and you're playing with a lead the entire game, and DeAndre Swift only has 10 carries? Just F off. I don't even know what else to say other than f off. This is stupidity. This was there was so much stupid football yesterday, and I almost want I was going to use it down as tackling the Jets after they intercepted the ball at the end. When they intercepted that pass, I'm just like, let them score, let them score. Do not tackle him. They are too stupid to realize that if they score, we get the ball back. And then lo and behold, the Jets. They got tackled and they still scored anyway. When if they would have just kneeled the ball, they could have made life a lot easier for themselves. So it was just stupid football. And sometimes I like that's the worst thing. Like I can handle a loss if things are like calculated and, you know, there was a a bad bounce or a bad call, whatever. This was just like we had no, we did not deserve to win this game. I'm glad we lost because I feel like, like Nick Castellanos said, it's like we got punched in the face and that's just going to make us come out better next week. And I'm really, really, really hoping and I I am confident that this will set us up better for next week against the Miami Dolphins. I know we're about to get into the gauntlet of our schedule which is nerve-wracking but like guys, let's be honest. You know, we have a couple teams that are 5 and 1 what is it's us, the 49ers, the Dolphins and I think the Lions. Am I am I missing anyone else that's 5 and 1 at this point? Like Football, there's just, it, it, there's so much parity. It's so hard to know. So I don't know. I, I Overall, I still feel good. But man, yesterday was just, was it was disgusting. So I'm going to, yeah. go
2: ahead, Ellie. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's seven out of the next eight games for the Eagles or against teams with winning records. So we are without a doubt entering the gauntlet that we've been talking about since the preseason. Um I'll go back to how how I answered your question, Andrew, at the beginning of this episode. No one goes undefeated. It's better that this happens at the beginning of the season versus the end of the season. And you're absolutely right. This had shades of the Commanders last season written all over it. I truly felt at the end of this game, at that last drive right before the Jalen Hurts interception, that we were still the better team even though we were losing. Uh, I really thought we were going
1: to win. I never felt like we were going to actually lose that game. (laughs) Me neither.
2: Me neither. Right. And I felt the same exact way when we were playing the Commanders last year, that we were the better team. Unfortunately, we came up short. Unfortunately, Jalen Hurts played, frankly, the worst game that I've ever seen him play in his career outside of that Giants game when Jalen Rieger dropped like 16 different passes. Um, drops were a huge deal. Devonte Smith doing some things that were uncharacteristic. I think you get to this point, everything is kind of moving towards a certain direction and you end up losing a game. It is truly the best thing that can happen for you. It's a humbling moment, especially when it happens against a team that you were supposed to beat. So to, you know, reiterate or re-answer your question after having this conversation right now, I'm not too worried about the upcoming schedule against the Dolphins. We play the Commanders again, and then we go through our, our gauntlet after the bye, um, right before the Cowboys, right? Or right after the Cowboys. So, you know, it's it was a bad game. Quarterbacks have bad games. Brock Purdy had his worst game yesterday as well. You just got to brush it off and move on. But it, the most important thing is to learn from it. And I think if we continue to do this, you know, I, I think a few weeks ago, I mentioned that we were... Uh, 16 and one when we rush the ball 30 plus times and something like stupid uh, like I don't know three and eight when we don't when we rush it less than 30 times. I really hope that we learn from this, we adjust our play calling and we come out looking better next week against the dolphins.
1: Alex, next time you're at that giant air conditioning unit known as MetLife Stadium, uh, don't get a cheesesteak, but do check to see if there's any like Space Jam aliens just kind of like hanging out anywhere because it, it looked like they stole Devonte Smith's power. As, and then we yeah. saw Jake Elliott also, you know, miss a kick. So I just feel like they right. uh, they took our powers.
0: Yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah. Jake missing a field goal is really weird, too. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Um and I'd rather have a loss than a sloppy win because a loss is really going to whip your butt into shape because you have something that you have to correct instead of, well, we can, we can, we can, you know, manage to, to squeak this one out. And we have a really big opponent coming up this week. We're going to have some more analysis this Thursday. We have an awesome guest joining us. Can't wait to announce who it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it sucks. But I'm not I'm not sitting here losing sleep over it. Um I lost enough sleep last night. <laughs> uh, but uh you know, uh we'll be fine. And I, I think the one thing I do just want to call out is there is there is no elite football team this year. Every single team is becoming exposed good teams are beating bad teams. Bad teams are beating good teams. It's, it's, it's very weird. I feel like we made jokes about preseason. I still feel like we're kind of watching some preseason in, in some regards.
1: Well, also with injuries, we're, you know, we are kind of seeing preseason because of backups that have to step in. Like we just saw McCaffrey and Debo Samuel leave the 49, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a grind. And that Jason Kelsey real quick, just set a record for the most consecutive games played uh, by an Eagle. And, To be like the center and to be in the front of all those tush pushes and still play every single game, it it just it helps really put things into perspective, like how much of a beating these players take. Yeah, so well we uh we will we will break down the upcoming
0: games. It is pretty funny how uh Mr. Irrelevant looked pretty irrelevant when he didn't have the best running back and a top wide receiver on his team. Sucks to suck. Um, but all right guys, this was episode sixty-three. Uh we will see you again on Thursday as we break down the upcoming game against the Dolphins. Uh it's a tough one, but let's go, Phil's and uh let's uh let's um kick some dolphin butt on this upcoming week. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace.